0: Lil, Rawston, Yorkshire, July, nineteen forty. Disillusioned. Lil Moisley stood by the window and watched as her husband turned into the street. Her heart leapt. He was safe. The note saying he was on his way had arrived five days ago, and every day she had looked out for him. In the distance behind him stood Crofton Mill grey and bleak against the blue sky. Its chimney belched smoke that soared high today, but often choked the atmosphere as it travelled on the wind towards them. Not that folk ever complained. If it stopped, it would mean the livelihood of the town would be at an end. The imposing building had misery etched into its walls by its history of child labour, and below the breadline wages for the folk had peopled the workhouses and were used as forced labour. Lil had been born in one of the workhouses nearby and had come to learn the wrongdoings of the mill's previous owners. She'd seen how the mill had flourished and then almost closed as demand had wavered, but the war had once more breathed new life into it, and work was plentiful again. The need for all things military, uniforms, parachutes, tents, everything and anything that required the basic cloths they spun there, meant the mill's looms never stopped working. But although the townsfolk all depended on the work the mill gave, its legacy held many a heartbreak, and part of it lay at the root of her husband's discontent, and she knew was the source of his surliness. She looked behind her at Mildred, her mar-in-law, sitting proudly in an armchair next to the fire, and went to tell her that her son was on his way, but stopped herself. For a moment she watched this woman, the bearer of the sin from which Alfie was born, for the umpteenth time, she wondered how Mildred had stood resolute that Philippe d'Olivier, the owner of the mill at the time, had raped her, and that Alfie had been the product of that rape, when all the gossip maintained that she went willingly with him. Alfie had allowed bitterness to possess him when as a child he'd seen the riches the Delivier family had as they'd driven past him in the first cars ever invented, whilst he and his ma hadn't two pennies to rub together. He'd suffered the indignity of having a lackey shove him into the ditch many a time when all he'd wanted to do was to gaze at his dar as he rode his horse down the lane. One lackey even took a whip to him once as he'd jumped out in front of his dar to confront him. He was only a lad of twelve at the time. But he'd told Lil the incident had settled in his mind once and for all that he was Philippe d'Olivier's son as the man had gasped at the sight of him. Not just because Alfie had startled him, but because he'd seen the likeness between them. Alfie had been the elder man's double, even down to the large brown mole on his left cheek. Then as rumours circulated about his uncle, his dar's brother Ralph, being shot as a traitor, Alfie had suffered further, as folk had taunted him. He'd followed the story as best he could, finding out more after the Great War by visiting the office of the Bradford Tribune and asking questions. He'd been disgusted by the facts. Not long after that, the mill had been sold, and with nothing coming to him or his ma, his anger took root. He vented a lot of it on his ma. In some ways, the war had brought a relief from all of that for Alfie, and for Lil. Loving him as she did, she'd hated the thought of him suffering over all that he'd found out. And both of them had thought the war would be over in a few days. It had seemed like a chance for him to escape for a while. Nothing had happened here on British soil, and word had it that the French fortified Maginot line was a solid defence that Hitler wouldn't be able to get through. When the news changed, she'd feared for Alfie. Sleepless night after sleepless night she'd prayed for him. And now here he was, safe and sound. Checking her appearance for the umpteenth time in the mirror that was set into the coat stand that stood by the door, Lil felt pleased with her appearance. Her chestnut-coloured hair, cut in a bobbed style, fell in soft waves to just below her ears. Her skin glowed, helped by the rosiness her excited anticipation had given to her cheeks. Her large, hazel eyes twinkled, always folk remarked on her eyes. Some called them kind-looking, others said they held happiness, and still others called them smiling eyes. She loved the frock she was wearing, and knew Alfie liked it, too. Yellow with tiny roses dotted all over it. It had a fitted bodice and a soft flared calf length skirt. Its belted waistline gave shape to her slight figure. Feeling pleased with the effect,